Hey, Becoming Confident listeners, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that I created a free PDF for you that's called the Ultimate Confidence Boosting Daily Affirmation Vow. It's just one full page of powerful affirmations for you to say to yourself every single day. I just really wanted to create something that is simple, easy peasy, just really special for you heading into 2024, throughout 2024, that you can just pull up on your phone or have on your vision board or just have it taped to your wall in your bathroom in your room however you like it I created this vow with intention to really help you show up with confidence and just feeling empowered so before you begin this episode or even after you finish this episode just quickly head to the show notes and download your free copy of your daily affirmation vow easy peasy super powerful I know you're gonna love it. You won't regret this download. Now let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Becoming Confident podcast, journey to building healthy self-esteem, the place where I initiate raw conversations on topics I believe contributes to and is impacted by self-esteem and confidence. If you are on a journey or you're ready to start your journey to becoming confident and you feel alone in the process, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Cleopatra Williams, and I can't wait to support you in becoming your most confident self. Welcome to the third episode of Becoming Confident. In this episode, I am going to be going over several things that I wish my younger self knew that I know now that I feel would have changed my self-esteem and confidence issues growing up. So let's get into it. Number one, I would say stop caring what people think of you. If I knew this sooner, I feel like my life would have turned out so different because let me tell you what I know now is that most people are not thinking about me. They're not thinking about you because they're worried about themselves and their own insecurities, right? Half the time, we don't even know what people think about us. It's just the fear of what they will think. Honestly, that's really an example of what we think about ourselves. What we think about ourselves already, we believe other people think the same. For example, for me now, when I started creating content around confidence and self-esteem, you know, I had a slight fear of people thinking, who does she think she is, right? However, like that's a me problem, you know? I don't know for sure people was really going to be thinking that, but because I was having those feelings of imposter syndrome, I was pushing that out onto other people when I don't even know if that is even true. Like when you're in a room with other women, you're probably thinking, are you good enough? And you're looking at the other women thinking that, you know, they're all confident in themselves and they're feeling good. However, some of those women are probably thinking, how does my body look? Is my face okay? I hope I look good. I hope I'm not being annoying. We all have insecurities. And so I want to say as women, we have to stop being fearful of what people think because they're really not thinking about us. And if they are, they will let us know. And second, the reason why we should stop caring about what people think of us is because it is a waste of time. The Bible says worry has no time to your life. Your worry about what people think of you is holding you back from progression. But guess what? Time 
progresses faster than you are. Something that tends to keep me in check in this area is that just imagining getting to the end of my life and having so much regret because I didn't do the things that I wanted to do out of fear of what people thought of me. I did that for so many years of caring what people would think of me that I didn't do a lot of things, and which is why I struggled so much, why I compared myself so much, because I always felt like I was behind and late in life when in reality, I was the one holding me back because of the fear of what people thought of me. And lastly, my opinion of myself is the only one that matters. (laughs) Your opinion of yourself is the only one that matters. If someone says something positive about you, but you feel the complete opposite, which one do you think outweighs the other? Your opinion of yourself, right? If your boyfriend is calling you beautiful, but you don't feel beautiful, who you think is going to win? Your opinion of yourself. We have to live with us, the negative and the positive. So It really should only matter what we think about ourselves. Do I love myself? Do I trust myself? Does this make me feel good, right? I'm letting that forge my path. That's how it really should be. The second thing that I wish I knew is that my life would turn out exactly how I talked it into be and it will be the same for you, okay? So when I think back to my teen years and my 20s, I told a lot of untrue things to myself because I believe that. For example, with jobs, I will always say it's so hard for me to find a job. I have to work harder than most people. And guess what? That's exactly what happened to me. I never got a job easily. I would be so envious of people who would get jobs left and right. It will take me a minimum of three months and I will have to deal with constant rejection left and right. I would think to myself, I would always struggle emotionally, and that's exactly what I did. No matter how many times I tried, my thoughts and feelings overrided my efforts. I internalized my mother's thoughts of being a single mom, that you're struggle. No matter how many times I've tried to not allow that to happen to me, I ended up struggling financially because even though it's not true, right? As a single mom, you're not destined to struggle. But because I internalized that message and I believed it, even though I try to say I didn't believe it, the subconscious part of me believed it. It felt so true at times. So that turned into my reality. I pretty much manifested a lot of situations without trying. What I'm learning now is that your feelings manifest more than your words. Third thing that I wish I knew when I was younger is that my body is my temple. And learning to honor that is a reflection of how you value yourself and your self-esteem. I've learned to honor my body through food, with men, physical activity, and self-care. So let's start with food. Now, I know that there's no guarantee on how long we're going to live, no matter what we eat, right? I like to imagine for me that I am going to live to like 100, right? (laughs) I wouldn't live to 100. So I want to live a long life that I hope for, feeling energized, free of diseases that are caused by food. 
I want to have a healthy gut. A lot of mental, emotional, and physical issues that most of us have today is really an effect of an unhealthy gut. And 95% of serotonin is made in the gut. And serotonin is a feel-good hormone that when you are depressed, there is a decrease of serotonin. So I want to nourish my body with yummy goodness and I want to feel good because there is real truth behind the gut and mind connection. So second to this is physical activity. I work out way more than I did when I was younger because now I know the benefits. I didn't work out a lot when I was younger because I was afraid to be made fun of because I was skinny and people would always have something to say. So I just didn't do it. Right. And because of that now, guess what? I have no flexibility, none. I may have a little because I've been stretching and trying to build that up. But however, I have so much regret because of that. I feel like I would have been so much better in my mobility if I would have been doing what I was supposed to do when I was younger. And third to that is self-care. Everyone has their own self-care. For me, self-care is resting. I love to rest. I am a mom and I am building a business and I am taking care of my mental health and I am dancing. I love my rest. I am that person that needs eight hours of sleep. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I can probably function off of seven, probably off of six and a half. But trust me, (laughs) anything less than six hours, like I am scrambled eggs. It don't work for me. A lot of people that works for it, but it don't work for me, right? So resting, making sure my hair is done, doing self-care, aromatherapy. You know, my therapist put me onto this aromatherapy. It's like something about smelling scents. It does something to our brain. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel happy. And I will honestly say that ever since I started incorporating that in my lifestyle, like lighting candles, spraying my room right before I'm about to start working or like if it's a rainy day or anything like that, it literally gives me a boost. It really gives me a boost of energy and is relaxing, is calming. Like aromatherapy is amazing. And these are the things that help me feel good about myself. And lastly, ladies, with men, I wish I knew that not every man is worth having the right to touch me, have time with me. This would have saved me from so much shame, so much guilt, from feeling unworthy. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean, right? We, a lot of us been through it, of not honoring our body for a man. So now for me, I choose to be abstinent because there's so much power in choosing to not give myself to anyone that isn't my life partner. It's giving me a boost of confidence in knowing that I am committed to honoring my body. So these are things that are part of my body is my temple and learning to honor that is a reflection of how I value myself and my self-esteem. Now, fourth thing that I wish I knew when I was younger is that rejection is God's protection. Let me say that one more time. (laughs) Rejection is God's protection. And I know that this is a really hard pill to swallow because when you're in it, it feels horrible. It feels horrible. So many of us experience a lot of rejection. And it's mostly been by men. Actually, let me not just say men. It's between relationships 
any kind of relationships. It could be family relationships, romantic relationships, friendships, and jobs, career. Have you ever been rejected by a man, but you keep pursuing him because you want him so badly, right? He showed you he don't value you, but you keep trying to get him because you want him and you get him eventually. And then you realize and you sit and you be like, damn, why did I do this to myself? Why? Listen, God was literally telling you that he is not the one for you. But since you want to see for yourself, I must let you be and then you're going to end up feeling worse, right? So now you feel used, you feel worthless, and your time is wasted. Rejection is God's protection. The fifth thing that I wish I knew when I was younger is that I need to learn to listen to my feelings. What I learned with having self-esteem and confidence issues for so long is that I was so unsure of my feelings. I didn't understand them, and because I didn't understand me, I didn't understand if a relationship wasn't good for me. I could feel uneasy, anxious, sad, but yet feel like something is wrong with me. Not understanding that my feelings are trying to tell me something. Now, as I'm learning to understand my feelings, when I feel at peace, I can move forward. When I feel uneasy and anxious, listen, I am not moving forward. I'm going to cut it. Because I learned to understand why and decide to move accordingly. Our feelings are always guiding us. Now, the sixth thing that I wish I learned when I was younger is to surround myself with people that are how I would like to become versus staying comfortable and flocking to people that exhibit things that I struggled with. When I was younger, I wished I forced myself to go into spaces where people was doing what I wanted or to introduce myself to other confident girls and women because they're all around us. But what happens is that often when we see these people, right, we don't feel worthy to be around them. We actually put them on a pedestal like they're better than us. And the thing is, they're not better than us, right? We're not better than them. They're not better than us. However, we feel that we're not good enough to be around them. So we settle for what is comfortable. For the people who have the same level of self-esteem as we do, for the same people who often struggle with the same issues as we do, because misery loves company, right? And even though we want better, we're just scared to get into those spaces, And I know now, and it took me a while to get here, is that I need to force myself to be around people I admire to be like. Not copy them, but admire to be like. And I can learn from because that's how we grow, right? There is no growth in our comfort zone. And when you don't grow, you feel like you're not valuable. You feel like you have no value to give when you're not growing, when you're not knowledgeable, when you aren't competent of what you can offer, when you're not confident in who you are, you don't feel valuable. But that isn't true because those things don't give you value. What gives you value is that you as a human being or placed on this earth, you are valuable. Your spirit is literally housed in a billion dollar body. You are valuable. 
So we have to get in a habit of surrounding ourselves with people that are how we would like to become. And it's okay to be around people that are at your level. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. However, if we're going to be around people that are at our level, how about we dream together? We push each other to become better. We visualize together what our life is going to look like when we hit our goals. The seventh thing that I wish I knew when I was younger was the importance of having a relationship with God. I actually didn't start trying to build a relationship or actually getting to know who God is and what is this all about until I was 27, I think. It took me time to really understand it. And it's still a journey. It's still a process because it's a lot that we don't know. However, I truly believe that having God in my life or allowing him in my life saved my life. Because number one, I was such an angry person when I was younger. I was so angry as a teen and in my 20s. And that's not something that I was proud of. I would say hateful things about people. And in return, once I would calm down, I would feel bad about myself. And once I started building a relationship with God, I was less angry at the world. I started to feel uncomfortable with being an angry person. I felt uncomfortable to talk a certain way. It made me think about my actions, right? I started to understand that my body is my temple. And as I continue to learn more, I'm knowing that God's love is unconditional. Whether or not I'm productive or not, whether or not I make mistakes, it gives me peace of mind knowing that in all the moments that I felt alone, he was there with me and never left my side. So that gives me the confidence now that in every decision that I make, God will still be there with me regardless. And I wish I knew that when I was younger that regardless of what I did, I was still valuable because I was made in God's image. I still had worth because I was made in God's image, that I was not a mistake because God created me. So I wish I knew the importance of that. And the eighth thing is that building confidence and self-esteem is a priority, right? That we need to make it a priority because there's nothing that is fulfilling when you don't love yourself and know who you are. No money, no amount of love, not motherhood, not relationships. Nothing can fulfill you if you don't love yourself and know who you are. Now, the last thing that I wish I knew when I was younger was self-compassion. I was so hard on myself when I was younger. Even now, I could be hard on myself because I expect so much from myself right? But now I'm learning that self-compassion is key. We need to learn how to be compassionate with ourselves. And it is one of the hardest things to do when you are a person that struggles with self-esteem. So what is self-compassion? It is like talking to yourself how you would talk to your friend. If your friend made a mistake, if your friend was feeling down, what would you do? You would console her. You would love her. You would talk to her with kindness. You would tell her to forgive herself. It is literally the same thing you should be doing to yourself. And in order to do this for yourself, you kind of have to be self-aware of why you feel this way, why you are reacting the way you're reacting. That starts with self-awareness. And when you have self-awareness, then you're able to say, mm, you know what? I understand why I feel that way. 
And I am so sorry. One of the most recent things I had to have self-compassion for was when I left my job for my sanity. There were moments where I felt fearful and felt like I'm dumb for making such a risky decision with no backup plan. I was telling myself, it's my fault why I'm in a position that I'm in financially. You know, I started thinking, what parent would do this? But my therapist helped me reframe. She helped me reframe my guilt of leaving my job. She knew that I did it because I was anxious and I was having suicidal thoughts. I did it because I was taking care of me. It was making me sick going to work, literally. You know, I did it for my mental health, not because I was irresponsible. So self-compassion comes when I have the thoughts to remind myself, like a friend would, that I am not irresponsible. I did this for my mental health so that I can be the best person for my daughter and for myself. I did this because I wasn't well. I have courage to choose me over money. I love myself more than I think because I love something that wasn't good for me. I am smart and I will be okay. I always am. That's self-compassion. There is this amazing book, amazing book called The Power of Positive Self-Talk by Kim Fredrickson. It is so good and I'm going to reread it over and over because I don't even know what I missed, but I'm sure I missed a lot of good parts. And I recommend this book for anybody who struggles with negative self-talk. She talked a lot about self-compassion. I will leave information to that book actually in the show notes. It's not a long read. So these are all the things that I wish I knew when I was younger that definitely would have changed my life. Although I am grateful that I learned these now because it's better late than never. As a disclaimer, I hope with anything that has been shared in this episode, no one takes anything personally. Please be compassionate and know that being vulnerable is not easy. If you are on a Becoming Confident journey or you're ready to start your journey, always remember that this is a journey, not a race. I know that we all want to get to the finish line, but it takes time and dedication. And if you don't stop, you will get there. Cheers to becoming your most confident self. Thank you so much for listening to Becoming Confident, Journey to Building Healthy Self-Esteem Podcast with me, your host, Cleopatra Williams. If you want to be the first to know of new episode releases, of new resources, and get some weekly dose of inspiration, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok, both at Cleopatra the Confidence Coach, and shoot me a DM. I would love to know your thoughts on this episode. And lastly, tell a friend, sister, cousin, mother, someone who you think can relate to the show. I'm leaving all information in the show notes. Kindly support the show by subscribing on any platform you listen to and also write and review on Apple Podcasts. And that is all for this episode. Until next time. Okay, bye.